Happy New Year. 2015, wow. Entering the second sixth of the century. <laughs> Time is arbitrary, and yet it helps us mark the passage of our lives. Now, I hesitate to use the popular phrase, journey of our lives, especially at this time of year, because it encourages us to collect our baggage and venture there and away from here. We see looming before us in the messages of New Year's resolutions. What are you going to do with your life? What changes do you need to make? What's wrong that needs fixing? There's some merit in the exercise of resolutions. This is a time of introspection in the Northern Hemisphere, as darkness can nurture beginnings and the tender development of new creations. The days are lengthening each day, and with it an internal recharging that can take on more and more energy as we apply ourselves to our intentions. What can serve us well now, though, in this time of inner growth, lower light, and fields of stillness, is the welcome of presence, the return to soul's knowing, and the settling into the nurturing darkness. When we tap into our nature-bound selves, we can respond to the signals and energies of this time and honor rest, renewal, and regeneration. It is believed in Earth-centered traditions that during the least productive time in nature's cycle, the forces that keep habits in place reach their weakest point, giving the most accessible opening to our ability to reprogram our lives. This is a time in our natural cycle of days when we're at the height of our spirit's receptivity to systemic change, to tapping into consciousness, to nurturing ground for our naturally abundant, interdependent being to gain strength and focus. Winter is considered the resting time, a time when energy is renewing itself, when movement is at its beginning, Thus, everything must be treated tenderly with the understanding that what is at its beginning takes time to build up strength and come to its fullness. So instead of making resolutions to change ourselves, we can make affirmations of what we want to grow from within. Our resolutions can be an embrace of what we want to manifest in our being. So it's not the exercise, but the way we approach the exercise of resolutions that we need to pay attention to. The approach calls far more for deep listening and faith than for anticipation and control. This is not a time for conclusions. It's a time for marshalling resources, for restoring strength, for opening to potential. To paraphrase an I Ching reading, the task is to accept potential in its totality as openly as earth accepts water. This can be a hard time dwelling within the unknown, wondering about the what's next. The lack of light and the seemingly dormant life can lead us into doubt of potential and the need to see results. But what this time calls for is that trust. Trust. 
It is a time to take on the responsibility of our own growth and of our own health, a time to make choices that strengthen our resolve toward well-being within ourselves and the community at large. So we can still make resolutions to quit smoking or start a diet or improve our physical exercise, but it would help us if these choices are made as gestures toward the larger love and honor of creation. The larger love and honor of ourselves as part of creation and the potential therein. Too often we make resolutions as a kind of aggression against ourselves, a battle against the notion that we're not good enough or that our lives are not working because of this wrong choice or that defective character trait. There's a story about the Hasidic master, Rabbi Zuzia. When Rabbi Zuzia was near his death, his students gathered round him. One timidly asked the rabbi if he was afraid to die. I'm most afraid of what they will ask me when I get to heaven, he answered. What will they ask you, the disciples urged. They will not ask me, Zuzia, why were you not like Moses? They will ask me, Zuzia, why were you not like Zuzia? <laughs> to be okay with who we are takes a great deal of faith and discipline of mind. And who we are is not what we do. It's the base from which we make our choices. It's the ground from which we move and have our being. Who we are is holy. And we, what we make of it is our freedom. This ground known by each of us is part of the whole of existence. It's the place in Unitarian Universalist terms of inherent worth and dignity. We have the freedom and responsibility to manifest our worthy being in justice-centered relationship with all of being. The faith that is involved in our opening to potential is a deep and abiding trust in the goodness of creation. And further, it's a resolution to affirm healthy patterns and forego unhealthy patterns. We can honor, as Eckhart Tolle has said, that life lives us. We are the dance along with the grass and the trees, the clouds and the wind, the wolves and the butterflies, the sun and the moon. We are the dance, and the universe holds us in its embrace. This is a wisdom, a realization that is ever available to us when we release our need to control it. Lao Tzu wrote in the Tao Te Ching, Open yourself to the Tao, then trust your natural responses and everything will fall into place. If we can rely on our presence in a vast network of being, knowing we are related, knowing we belong, then we can forgo the rejection of self and enter into the responsibility of fully emerging. We can stop worrying about whether we're not good enough and just be the good enough that we are. This responsibility is not only for our own health, it's for the health of our being together. If we pretend to be who we are not or discard ourselves as not good enough, then we will not be able to manifest the beauty of our being and we will fail to recognize the depth of life's worth. A modern parable. A woman dies before her time. 
She comes to the pearly gates and is told that there was a mix-up, that indeed she was, has 20 more years to live. She's immediately sent back and is miraculously revived. She gets right to work, plastic surgery, Botox, hair dye, and caps on her teeth. Ready to take on the world as the new Polly, she crosses the street and gets hit by a bus. <laughs> I thought I had 19 more years, she protests when reaching the gate. Well, Polly, we didn't recognize you. <laughs> Think of all the energy we spend on trying to be who we are not or who we judge we should be. Think of all the efforts we make to avoid a true look in the mirror or an honest assessment of our ways of being. Ironically, it is honesty, a true embrace of self that opens us to the love of and in life itself. We are helped when we let ourselves be, when we accept our lives as they are. I heard a story of a woman who was struggling with chemotherapy. She had always thought of herself as brave, strong, and self-reliant. But the chemo was breaking her spirit and made her ever more afraid of the next moment. On one visit to the cancer ward, she broke down and cried and screamed and protested. She could not do another round. A child about 10 years old approached her, bald from her own chemo. She lifted up her shirt and said, you should have gotten one of these. It was a plastic tube that had been surgically placed near her stomach for the treatments she had to endure. You can do it. You can make it through, the child said, with no real ceremony or self-pity, just with honesty and a natural love that flows from that place of honesty. That's where the wisdom of just for today gives a helping hand. Some of you may be familiar with this technique for addiction counseling, taking one day at a time. It's a spiritual practice to embrace this day as it is, to let go of the past in gratitude for what was learned and to let the future unfold with the greater good as the driver, not us. We take care of ourselves and those we encounter with the intention of health and wholeness. We let go of self-pity resentment, regret, revenge, and countless other reactions that keep us in stuck places, and we open our hearts to the day. That was then, this is now. Just for today takes the onus off our entire lives. We neither have to make up for everything in the past nor secure everything for the future. Just today, do what comes, heal what arises, and be grateful for life. Trust, what that needs, what needs, trust that what needs addressing will naturally flow in our lives when we choose the intention and courage toward well-being for all. Dr. Makao Usui, who modernized Sanskrit healing techniques and founded the energy healing form of Reiki, in the 19th century, offered five spiritual principles for the healer to affirm. Just for today, I will let go of anger. Just for today, I will let go of worry. Today, I will count my many blessings. Today, I will do my work honestly. Today, I will be kind to every living creature.
This calls for cherishing the potential of each moment and for knowing there is a fullness in each day and an eternity in each hour, potential in each yearning. This calls for letting go, for letting go, for letting go of the dramas that keep us from our soul's wisdom. What needs healing will naturally emerge. That was then. This is now. We often make our spiritual journeys more complicated than they are. Ironically, the simpler we get, the hardest it is to follow through. But you can find your beauty this day. You can know your strength this day. You can claim your love this day. And you don't have to do it alone. Find someone or a group or uplifting art or a wise book to companion you. And believe that you are worthy just for today. So may it be. Amen.